Just to clarify, these views that we speak of on our podcast are 100% our own and not those associated to anyone from Luton Town Football Club. Thank you very much. Welcome to Owen the Town and here's what's coming up today. A terrible first half from Luton. Season go 2-0 down at home to Sheffield Wednesday, but a second half comeback. 3-2, all three points leaving the stadium. My God, what a win. And if the fans were there, it would have been even more incredible. We have a look at Elijah Adebayo. This guy seems to be getting better. He's only played a few games, but he seems to be getting better game by game. Today, we discuss him in more detail. We also answer your Instagram questions, your Twitter fleets, and tonight, as always, joined by Dave and Pataro and a special guest for today's podcast, tonight's podcast, Andy Burgess joins us. How are you guys? Uh, very well. Thank you. Very well. Andy, thanks for joining us. Um, it's, it's been a mad weekend of football, isn't it? It has. It has. It's uh, the life of a Luton Town supporter, eh? Yeah. Pataro, what, what, you must have uh, gone pretty mad when Adebayo scores that winner the other night. Yeah, I'll be, to be honest, mate, if my dad's listening, he'll like this one because I end up slapping him. <laughs> <laughs> For any reason? Just out of excitement? Uh, it was just one of those ones, mate. That, all the hands went out and started slapping. I was like, yes, go on, boy, we're in it. We're going to win this. And he was like, all right, calm down. <laughs> calm it, mate. I was like, yeah. But seriously, what a win, though. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. You can't, if you don't go nuts at that, then you've got some problems upstairs, mate. <laughs> Well, let's get into that more in a sec. Let's start with three-word reviews. This is how you guys summed up the game in three words. Alison says, what a comeback. Justin, magnificent second half. Leanne says, high blood pressure. Mike, great character shown. Jamie says, Izzy was fuming. Uh, Steve, diamonds are forever. Uh, Staffs Hatter says, two different teams. Tim, Tunnicliffe's best game. And Paolo and many others said, never in doubt. And it was like two different teams at the weekend, Andy, wasn't it? Because that first half and second half... They could have been two different teams and you would have believed it. Yeah, absolutely. It was, I'd say, chalk and cheese. It was uh, first half, we, we lacked energy, we lacked urgency, uh, we lacked quality. Um, the turnover of possession was was huge. Um, we didn't control areas of the pitch. Um, and we allowed Sheffield Wednesday to to impose himself on the game and control the game. Um, I, think, I think credit's got to go to Sheffield Wednesday for that, but I think we were probably you know we we helped that uh very much so because of the way we we approached it and because it's listen i don't think anybody went out on the pitch and tried to be bad or didn't try to work hard i just think for whatever reason we weren't quite at it and uh and it you know it, not only the work rate and effort it, as i say the quality the passing the retention of the ball in midfield which had been so good really for 75 minutes against millwall it just seemed to elude us you know morel you know Dewsbury hall they, they they just weren't at it for whatever reason in the first half and I think uh, you know I, I, having seen what Nathan and, and Chris Curran have said um, you know going in at half time I think people would have probably expected expected things to be thrown at them and, 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 and the gaffer to go mad at half time but I think it's one of them you know when your parents say they're not angry they're disappointed it's yeah. probably one of them and um, sometimes saying less is more and they probably went in I think they had a bit of time in the manager's office and, and, and came across let the senior players talk in the dressing room that that can be that can be so so uh, 
positive sometimes when the senior players um, and they you know when, you know when the floor's their own and they they pick up and they take responsibility for what's going on. Um, to be able to have that dressing room is massive. Um, to be able to have those characters in that dressing room is massive. Um, so I'm sure a lot of truths were said. Um, and as you say, came out for the second half and it was totally different front foot. Um, okay, change of shape, brilliant, back to the diamond. I think it it helped, it worked totally. I think, you know, I, I alluded that, to the fact that it, it was nothing to do with with with, with shape and, and tactics. It's They're massive. They are vitally important. But at the end of the day, I think you can put players in, in, in most shapes. It's about effort and determination, desire, and wanting to do it. And I think second half, I've been Pelly Roddick's biggest critic over the last few years. I think he's huge for us in, in circumstances like that. He's got character. <laughs> I was going to say, you're not alone with that. Patara is always saying the same thing with, yeah. with Pelly Ruddock, but Yeah, uh, and listen, it's horses for courses at times. And I think that kind of game was set up for him. There was there was quality. Not only did we show more desire, but when we got into those situations, um, you know, the first goal was quality in terms of the, whether it was meant or not, we don't know. The second the desire to run in behind and, and, and again, quality from wide areas and then the desire to get in the box from Tannicliffe. Uh, and the third, you know, um, as you say, we had people slapping heads and everything. So it was, uh, <laughs> it, it was brilliant. Uh, Bataro, there was one change from that Millwall game. Pearson in for Bradley. Uh, we uh, we guess he was picking up a knock or something. And I, I, I read on Twitter that this was the first time this back forward played together this season. I know Bradley didn't have the best of games against Millwall, did he, Bataro? But I don't know, what did you make Pearson coming in for him? To be honest, man, I think first half, I don't really remember much because I think my uh, emotions got the better of me. But I will say that what I do remember, they were caught quite a few times. And I'll be honest, how it wasn't five, six at half time, I'll never know. But look, it was a massive improvement second half. But nah. The, def- half, the yeah, defense, Batara, the defense in the first half, and I, I was saying this. Um, before we started, we were we weren't we weren't quick at any point to the ball. We we didn't we didn't get to the second balls. There was a lot of times where they were out of position, and it's frustrating because you know that they can play well. You know that they can play well. You know that Pearson's not a bad player. He's not a bad player. So you know when Bradley's out and Pearson comes in, you think, well, okay, he can do a job. But none of them did their job. None of them. None of the team did their job. Not just the defence. None of the team did their job in that first half. Well, if we look at the goals individually and start by looking at that first Sheffield Wednesday goal, uh, it's it's terrible right off the bat, though, isn't it? We've given them the goal. It's a goal kick out. Um, I think it's Dewsbury Hall gives the ball away. And then it's just a, a pullback from Patterson and a, a tapping from Windass to make it 1-0. And look, that's what, after that, six minutes. Was that a goal kick? I think it was a right. goal kick, yeah. What is the point? Yeah, what kick. is the point of those stupid little plays it doesn't even get out of the bloody box well no there's a no. reason for what that. is the point of that though because you're, you're already defending too deep I don't like it I'm just saying Andy I there is the a reason that, for them that, short that. short free air goal yeah, kick isn't there absolutely and I think at the point in the game it was I think we got it was five minutes just after five minutes and we hadn't got a foothold in the game at all we hadn't got up the pitch we hadn't gone into their half and it was into I think Adrian Forbes is great on co-coms but what Brilliant. he said was when we got the goal kick he said now we need to have bit of possession and I was still to myself at the time and this is not saying because we conceded the ball I thought no we need to get in our half we need to get up the pitch we don't True. need to invite that pressure in our half because we've ever when you play out from the back and when you when when Sonny Bradley or Bradley or whoever it is Martin Craney's Matty Pearson receives the ball two yards away from uh, uh, Sluger you're inviting pressure that is a fact you're in front in the press into the box and there's a danger to it there's a risk to it 
but it's about risk and reward. It's, you know, you, you do it to invite them on to try and exploit space behind them. That's the reason to do it and to main, maintain possession. First half, you've got to say we were a possession-based team with Morella midfield and we wanted to continue that theme on from the Millwall game. So we wanted to try and keep the ball. So I've got that. But I just felt in that instance, we, we've got a six foot four target man when he needs to be a target man up yeah, top. Yeah. So we're not playing with a, with a little man up top. I, I felt we needed to get out the pitch, get it up there and then lose a the ball on the halfway line, lose a ball up there and, and, and try and try and push Sheffield Wednesday back there. a bit Absolutely. because for five minutes they were in our faces, they were in our half. And I, I just felt that was a little bit naive from us. And it should have been, oh, sorry, I, Dave. I just wanted to say though, you know, the short free kicks not going even outside the box. I totally agree, Andy. You're totally, totally under pressure immediately because the the attackers are right on top of you. If it if before the rules change, it had to leave the box. At least that gave you a little bit more space. It's a massive change. Yeah. Don't get me. It's a huge, huge change in football, and you're seeing everyone do it now. And it, I don't like it at all because, no. I, I, like I've said, risk and reward. Okay, if you're Man City, if if you're Liverpool, you, you probably the success rate is probably quite high, but the chances of and and again this for me, you know, Matty Pearson in a back three. I love Matty Pearson. You know, he's not critical, but he's not particularly very good with the ball at his feet. That's not one of his strengths. Agreed. So so straight away you've got a player in there who's not comfortable in possession, and and you're asking him to deal with it in tight areas. It's t- it's difficult and it's not comfortable. It's not natural for him. So I I ju- you know it, it's. It, going back to it, it is a huge change in football because so many teams do it now. Almost every team do it now uh, in the, in the top two divisions, and and it's changing the way that teams 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 play because I don't think you know I'm, I'm, well, they do, but you know I'm sure the amount of kicks that went longer in a Luton Town team. Uh, in previous seasons is, is is hugely different to what it has been this season. And Adebayo is better in the air than Collar at the end of the day at the moment. Absolutely. Isn't so you, you're looking at that thinking maybe, I think Adebayo has just been class retire, hasn't he? Just these oh, last yeah. two games. He, honestly, he's been, honestly the, the last two starts, he's been magnificent. You can't fault him for anything, really. I mean, he just comes across so natural, doesn't he? Like the ball at his feet. I mean, I know Steve the other day mentioned he doesn't win many headers or whatever he was on about, but he, oh, I think he won a fair few at the weekend, didn't he? Absolute yeah, fair he's, few, he's, he's, didn't he? Yeah, it wasn't me that, by the way, lads. It wasn't me. But, <laughs> no, <I was> okay. <laughs> Steve. Steve. Yeah, well, what does Steve know about football? Well, it should have been 2-0 uh, minutes after this goal when somehow Windass is played clean through Bataro. We'll go to you again because I want to know how you felt when you saw Windass bursting through with Sluger to beat. Because to be honest, I was like, well, that's that. That was fun. And um, I don't know if it was a yeah. bobble because Windass is a bit of a baller. I don't know how he's put that over, but... To be honest, I think I ended up starting. I started laughing as soon as Pearson could make it. I, f- I think I started laughing and just walked out of the room. I'll be honest. And I thought that was it. And then next minute, I just hang on, what he's missed? He's put it over the bar. Has he done nothing? Yeah. But at the time, I thought to myself, it doesn't really make a difference anyway because we're going to lose this. I'll be honest, that's how I felt. I thought we're going to lose this anyway because we that's were so, because we weren't good enough in that first half. Yeah. And and that first twenty minutes, fifteen minutes, wherever you just knew. Every time the ball went loose, they were going to get it. They get a chance, they're going to shoot. Did we have a shot in the first half? I don't know. I think at one stage it was they had 14 shots and we had one. Mm. And well, they had seven corners or something like yeah. that. Yeah. We didn't. Did we have a corner in the first half? I don't think we did. I don't remember. We had one, I think it was the last kick of the first half, wasn't it? Well, yeah, that was it. That was it. And then it was 2 0 a few minutes after that. Across from the right, fell to Windass. He just seemed to have a bit of space and time as well, smashed it in. 
Uh, I'm not going to lie, that stage I walked out of the room I was like, I'm watching. You did, you left the room. (laughs) You did left the room and you said, I'm not coming back. Not coming back. I had to text you at (laughs) 2-1. But the point is that when Windass got the ball, there was a gaping, gaping hole. There was no one around him. He didn't even make it. He just slammed it in and stood there. And, you know, you just think to yourself, not one person tried to get to him. Not one person tried to stop it. And it was just like, here, have a goal. Yeah. It was like in their heads, it was already over, even though it was one nil at that point. Until he, well, until he at the back of the net, at least. But Patara, if it, you was there, you'd have been bloody fuming at that. Absolutely bloody fuming. And th- there was so much space. It, it, you know, he could have taken another half an hour to kick that in at the time. That's well, how it yeah. felt. EU, the rest of us, and about eight, nine thousand other fans as well, Dave. Because I think, well, I've ne- you know me, I'll never walk out of a game, but I think I would have come close the other day. I think uh, Adam, looking at looking at back as the ball first comes in, Matty Pearson slips, and I think I think he's got Potts behind him, and he's got uh, Naismith behind him, and I think they all sort of have a little movement towards it, and then Pearson regains his footing and gets a little touch on it. But you're absolutely spot on. As soon as he gets that touch and it goes towards Windus, Potts and Naismith need to be flying at him, yeah. and I think that's where I think if it's if it's Potts going to win the first header, I think if that's Matty Pearson in the middle of the goal where Naismith is. I think he blocks it because I think he gets there and he throws his body out. And uh, listen, it, some players are like that. You know, Naismith oh, did, did really well at centre-half in second half, but it's, that's either in you or it's not in you. I'd have fucking jumped out the other way behind the goal probably. Uh, you know, that wasn't my game whatsoever. But, <laughs> you know, Matty Pearson, that's what he's all about. It's, it's throwing himself, Sonny Bradley as well, in fairness. You know, they're about throwing themselves in front of the, the ball. But, I mean, it's a great finish. But as you say, somebody had to get to the ball and, 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 and block it. But no one tried, that's what we're saying. No one tried, yeah, and no. It, totally with you on that one. No one tried. And, it, and when he slams it in, and it, I, it felt a bit arrogant. Andy, as a footballer, when when you say like they should be out to him quicker, is that something that is is like coached? Is that something that comes from the manager, or is that just players' just instinct of, I need to get to that ball? I think in that instance, it's just instinct. You, you, you don't coach that, really. It's just, listen, the ball's in the box. I think... I can't remember the, the actual build-up just before it, but he's, he's in the box. We've got three players on him. I think Pearson's got another man close to him. So put, who are Potts and Naismith marking? Because space doesn't score goals. Players do. So was there any real reason for Naismith to be so deep and not be out marking him anyway? I think that's probably what, what Nathan and the man and Chris Curran and Mick will probably look at a bit more is is a setup of why he had that much space in the first place and why either Naismith or, or Potts, probably Naismith because he was closer, wasn't actually closer to him in the, in the first instance rather than marking the space. Um, but no, it's an instinct thing. And, and like I say, some players have got it. Some players haven't. Matty Pearson is the type who would throw himself at it. Other players, you know, would probably just try and make themselves big as Naismith did. Um, you, you'd like to think maybe if it happens again, anytime soon, Naismith will make a better decision to go and block it. And producer Jacob's been our running order today. Um, was that one of the worst first half performances ever? Loves an extreme question, doesn't he? But it weren't great. But sorry, would you, as a Luton fan, and I know we've been you've been supporting the club for your whole life. Is that one of the worst first half performances you've seen? I'll be honest, I think it probably is the worst. I've never seen anything quite like it. I mean, I've, I've seen some performances that aren't great, but you know we can always sit there and go, you know, we've jumped on a quality, uh, so we've jumped on a quality, and now, now going to the championship and it's getting stronger every year. But there's no excuse for that. First half, I mean, we can you can sit here and pick the bones out of every single bit of detail about it, but from, I think, individual point of views, I mean, I'm not a professional football, obviously, Andy, you were, and whatever else, but so you'll know more. 
But I think that is unacceptable from every single player on that park, on that pitch, sorry. That is unacceptable. You have to be putting the effort in and stop looking at your mates to do everything for you. That's how I felt it was the other day. It was, yeah, respons- you're spot on. It's responsibility. It's, it's about adding responsibility. And that's what that's what we're saying, what I'm saying about the players like Pelly Ruddock for all what is, is, is his lack of ability or whatever, whatever you think he had, he's got heart and he's got soul and he takes responsibility. You know, they, they, you know, he goes on and he says, right, I'm going to, I'll take this game by the scrub. And that's what the, the lads who came on in the second half, people did take responsibility. First half, as you say, people were looking at other people to do the job. Oh, you know, he'll pass the ball, he'll win it. Maybe we are looking too much at Dewsbury Hall to do things in the field at the moment um, and not taking responsibility for ourselves. Having said that, you know, the Millwall game for 75 minutes was excellent. So is it an isolated incident in terms of this group of players? Who knows? As a fan, all I want to see is effort. That's all I want to see. If we if we lose and we put our 100% in and you think, my God, we chased that game down, but we haven't been successful, then you go away thinking, well, we did all right, but we didn't win. But on Saturday, the first half, it didn't feel like that to me. It didn't feel like the effort was there as a fan. Um, and cool. uh, but just to clarify something, though, I didn't leave the room. <laughs> I didn't leave the room at two nil. No, I left the room, and uh, yeah, I'll, I'll hold my hands up. I I didn't want to watch. I was that just annoyed at that first half. You text me, Dave, at two one, and um, it was a good goal from Naismith. And, and Jude Hall, he has been a bit off the pace in the last few games, I'd say. But look, he's 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 played a lot of minutes and a lot of pressures on him because at the moment he is the one dragging us through the games. But a great corner from him, Naismith guided into the bottom corner and that stage Dave you're thinking all right there might be a bit of hope at 2-1 yeah firstly what I would say about Dewsbury Hall is because he's been playing so well I suspect that other teams have now cottoned on to him so they shut him down a bit more um but yeah 2-1 I'm thinking hang on 2-1's 2-0 you're thinking if Sheffield Wednesday if you think Sheffield Wednesday score at 2-0 we're done for but two one and so quickly in the second half, the f- the first goal comes so quickly. The momentum's with us, and I'm thinking, do you know what? We're going to get back into this. And then the two two goal comes, and Adebayo again down this left hand side. It seems like, you know, they, they they always say a striker knows where to put the ball in the box because that's where they would want it. Do you reckon, Andy? That's the case there with Adebayo because he's put that on a plate for Tani. He can't miss. Yeah, absolutely, and and I think. A real important part of of the goal was the fact that, I, I, and this is no disrespect or, or, or criticising, I think James Collins comes towards the ball when, I think it's Dujabu who's on the ball, he comes to get it to his feet and link. Now, Adebayo said, right, I'm running in behind, I'm going to stretch him. And if he doesn't make, the, it's all about that running behind and stretching him. Because if he doesn't make that run, the goal doesn't happen. It doesn't allow allow players to, to get in the box. Um, so it, for me, that that was huge. The fact that he, he even ran in behind, and I think that spells something that sees something we haven't got because obviously Colo doesn't do it, Danny Hilton doesn't do it. Okay, Harry perhaps does it, but perhaps on a little bit more of a off the cuff uh, scenario when he's through the middle. Um, but but that that's a real good centre forward play for someone who's got the pace to stretch him in behind. And then, as you say, to to delay. While he's allowing for the midfield runners, is is good, is clever. It's not he's just got there and been erratic and run him into the box and been 100 miles an hour. He slowed it down. He's allowed uh, Harry to get across the near. He's allowed Pelly to take a, a movement out the out the out the back. And then, you know, the timing of the run from 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 Tunnicliffe 
is is met by a perfect pass. And yeah, you're absolutely right. I, I always used to think that Alan Shearer was the best crosser of the ball ever because he knew exactly where he wanted the yeah. ball. He knew exactly the type of delivery he wanted at the same at the, at the time that players are making a run. And and he's you know he's done brilliant onto his onto his left foot and left it into an area. And the timing of the run, the desire of the run. And and listen, the finish looks easy. I've I've missed many. Well, I've missed loads of them. Uh, <laughs> it's 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 not a meat and drink finish. It's he's still got to get decent connection on on a bubble in a bubbly area. Um, you know, and and it's a and it's a good finish. And uh, it was it was it was a really 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 well worked goal. For me, can I just say for me the bit I liked is when um, he looked up before the cross. He just looked. It, it looked like he took that second to go. Where am I going to pass this to? That's what I loved. And the burst from Tunnicliffe as well to get forward. Bataro, oh, we've, we've been critical of Tunny on this podcast since, since he signed for the club. But them last two games, I don't know, maybe that's the Tunnicliffe we thought we were getting from Millwall when we signed him at the start of last season. Well, yeah, I mean, maybe sort of like, you know, well, if he gets a decent run of games, he's going to get better with it. Well, I'm hoping anyway. But, <laughs> I mean, no, with Tunnicliffe, I mean, we, we, come on, we all knew he was a decent player because let's face it, he is a decent player. All right, it's not really worked out for him over the last year or so at Luton, you know, last season he was, he was criticised quite a lot, obviously us included. But I've always said I'd never be too harsh on him because one thing he does offer, he does offer a lot of work rate and you don't see it sometimes, but off the ball, I tell you, he does cover some ground. And it's, I'm just happy, I'm happy for him because like I say, last two games, he's pulled it together and he's looked like, you know, it suits him in there at the moment. He looks like a natural player in that midfield. It's harder. It's harder when you're watching on the television and it's harder when you're watching on your screen. When you're at the ground, you see a bigger view and you can see what people are doing off the ball. When you're watching on TV, all you're seeing is that little section of television that, you, that they're going to allow you to see or where they switch the camera view. When you're at the ground, when you're watching the game, you see a bigger thing. You see all those runs. You see what people are doing off the ball. You see how hard they're working. I miss that. Yeah. And yeah. someone else who we've, I say we, has had criticism from us on the podcast is Harry Cornick, ma- mainly me because of his final ball. Uh, but for that right. third goal, I can't say anything bad about it because he's put it on a plate for Adebayo. And I think there was a freeze frame gone up today. I don't know, Andy, if you've seen this or if it was even you put it up. The freeze frame of Sheffield Wednesday's defence when Adebayo heads this ball in. It's, it's terrible defending from them, but let's not take away the cross and the header from Adebayo because that... That looks easy, but I guess it's it's not. He's headed that down and past that keeper. It's a fantastic. Yeah, it's a superb cross. It's the the play from listen the build up play from from Pelly and and Dewsbury Hall uh, was excellent to get it out to him. And then I think he's got a yard or two on the fullback, or the fullback's got a yard or two on him. So he's shown exceptional pace, and it's quite tight. And you, you, I think previously you might have expected him to have another touch, um, but he's he's he's. He's put in a fantastic ball, great delivery to the far post, and the coverage in the box. Thinking it's the 86th minute is is phenomenal. It's, it's super. I think there's it's something like five v one or something like that. I think Potts is in there, Adebayo's at the back post. I think Tony Cliff's in there, yeah. Pelly's in there, somebody uh, somebody else is in there, and, and it's and for that for that stage of the game, yeah, it's it's dreadful defending by Sheffield Wednesday, and Darren Moore's got a big job on there to try and keep him in the championship, but. Uh, in terms of the delivery, and then the header, the header's difficult header, you know. I think there are all these sort of, I think I alluded to on Twitter the other, uh, yesterday, there are all these unwritten rules that 
that people come up with in football, like like head back across a goal or get goal side. The get goal side one, for me, the, the equaliser for Mill was a perfect example where if if uh, Jordan Clark is marking in front, he doesn't get it to feet. And I know in hindsight, it's a great thing, et cetera, et cetera. But he had no chance of him being thrown in behind. If he marks in front, he's stopping that happening and we're defending a throw into the box. So these sort of, you know, ideal situations that people say about and, and these unwritten rules sometimes don't work. And that he had a little gap to header it in, but he headed it down. He got a great leap, brilliant cross and a fantastic header, especially again, you know, 86th minute, Harry, yeah. Pelly, who'd received it in midfield, no panic, no, no, uh, no trying to do things too quickly or, or, or anything like that. Fantastic composure. And once when you've, when you've earned the right to be in that position, to be able to finish it off like that was, was brilliant. And Batara, you, you, you aren't Pelly Ruddock's <laughs> biggest fan, are you? And well, he did have an all right second half and that, and that play in that goal was great, wasn't it? Oh, to be honest, man, I thought he was brilliant second half when he came out. I thought he was excellent. I think I even said it to you the other day, but I can't fault him. I even said to my dad, my dad's a bit critical sometimes of him as well. I, said, I just turned around and looked at him and I went, you can't be critical at all today of him. And he went, no, nah, I suppose. A bit like that. I think he was kind of disappointed because he went to say something. But <laughs> no, nah, um, nah, it was brilliant. I mean, the, like you said, the whole build-up. And can I just give, obviously going back to Harry Cornick, mate, big ratings for what he'd done there because I was expecting to take another touch, probably run out of play. I'm sure that's what we're all expecting. Oh, he's going to take another touch. He's going to drill it. He's going to put it wide. I don't know, but and it was just perfect. I mean, the turn of pace, the little you know, the chip to the back post, and obviously Ali Bio, mate. How has he got that in there? And he's just squeezed that through the other needle. I was, I was expecting to head it back down to I think Jewsbury Hall in a six-yard box. I'm sitting there going, head it back, head it back. <laughs> oh, fair enough. Then go on. Then go on, I would mate. love to have seen your reaction, Bataro, when that <laughs> ball hits the net because you're a one passionate fan, and I just imagine that would have been scenes in your house. Oh, hmm. man, I was running around the garden shouting out. <laughs> even, even the neighbours came out and went, you're all right? Oh, yeah, yeah, it's looting it. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> also, though, uh, uh, we, we, you, you shouldn't forget, actually, that Nathan changed the team and he changed it for the good. You know, we've been shouting at him in the past going, make a substitution earlier. Make, we can all see what's going wrong. Why haven't you made a substitution? Um, he made a bold substitution at half time. He, he changed the team and the team played much better. Yeah, definitely. Um, it was a, a, a mad game and beautiful. we game. could chat about it for a lot longer, but we're going to move on to our today's uh, player focus. Elijah Adebayo, we've talk, spoken about him a bit, uh, but we wanted to look at him a bit more in depth. He's been great since we signed him. Um, we saw him come on as a sub for like the last 15 minutes um, of that game a few weeks ago. I can't remember who that was against, but the two starts he's had against Millwall and against Sheffield Wednesday, he scored two goals how good do you think this guy could be, Bataro? Because from what we've seen so far, it's promising, isn't it? Well, from the two games, from the Mill game, obviously, at the weekend against Sheffield Wednesday, I think we've got, you know, we've got a proper play on our hands there. If he can stay, you know, in decent form and keep his confidence. I mean, let's face it, how is he, 23? I think he might be a bit younger than that. He's 23. 23. Yeah. So, I mean, mate, if you can keep him fit, obviously, keep him in the run of games, get the confidence. Confidence up. Why can't he go on to school, you know, next season, the full season, double figures, and then progress from there? And let's face it, I mean, so I know what you're thinking, Luke. I said about Ivan Tony in that this season. But I, I know you might disagree with this, but I see similar things in Ivan Tony that I do um, in Adebayo as well. That's a fair comparison. I think that's a fair comparison. You pluck someone out from a lower league team, 
You want them to, you, you're shoving them up a couple of divisions. You're playing in a championship, and he comes on, and he and, he, and his performances have been brilliant. And it's he what doesn't look say. out of place, does he? No, Andy? exactly. Oh, sorry. No, no. I mean, I think from a recruitment point of view, his his journey is probably ideal in terms of he's 23 years old. He started at Fulham, so he had a fantastic education at a a academy. Um, He's then got into the 23s or the 18s, 23s development squad. And instead of sitting and, and, and playing development games, 23s games, he's gone out and he's gone on loan. I think he had two non league loans at Bognor Regis and Slough, I think. Then he's gone to he's gone to Swindon, he's gone to um, Stevenage, and then he's gone out to Walsall. Obviously signed for Walsall, so he's dropped down. He's backed himself to go and play. Uh, listen, this kid's played this kid's played nearly hundred games. He's played nearly hundred league games, or, or yeah, league games. I think 85, 90 league games. So it, he's twenty three, but he's fairly not experienced, but he's fair. He knows he knows men's football is what I'm trying to say. He's not twenty three, having come out of a a, a academy just now. We've, we've we've obviously looked at that. We've obviously looked at, uh, at the journey he's been on, and he's and he's and he's in a good place, and he's ready for it. And I think he's shown Millwall, Sheffield Wednesday that he is ready to go in. Listen, he's going to have to come out the team at times because some games won't go for him, and um, and and as, as I said earlier, it's horses for courses. At times we'll need a, a, a you know a James Collins to, to do it. At times we might need a Harry Cornick to, to play up top or whatever. But in terms of how he started, listen, he could have played how he played. And and done well and not scored. The fact that he scored two goals is huge. It's massive. Yeah. That that you know you could go ten games at the start of a career, fifteen, twenty without getting a goal. And and everybody's like, hey, he's done all right that lad, and he looks okay, and he's not looked out of place. His general play's been good. But the fact that he's got on the goals on on the in the goals as well is huge. And I think that now gives him the confidence, gives him the belief that he is a championship type player. Uh, and that he and he feels confident in the squad. And listen, we all know that to be a Nathan Jones player and to be a Nathan Jones team, he has to trust you. That's a massive thing with Nathan Jones. We've seen it with Morel, who he doesn't trust, doesn't trust in one iota. Um, he obviously trusts this kid, and and you earn you earn your trust, you earn your, you earn your place in the team. And he's and to be fair to him, he's absolutely earning it one hundred percent. Dave, what is it you like most about Adebayo? Because I know you've made a few comments whilst watching the games about about how he's different to Collins and stuff. So what is it? It's just, it's just for me, he's like something different, isn't he? He's something different. I mean, for me, I think it's exciting to see a player that... Be positive, because he looks well, positive, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, exactly positive, exactly positive, positive on the ball, positive on his, where he's going, and he feels like he's a danger. For me, it's exciting to see a young person come into our team and want to want to want to do it. Want to play. I'm not, not saying Collins and Hilton doesn't want to do it because they, you know, clearly they they've been great. But it's just a breath of fresh air for us. And I like that. And Bataro yeah. with um, uh, Adebayo like uh, being positive and uh, stuff. Like we did see for that that Tonicliffe goal. Like he's not scared to take on a player as well. He's a, he's a big guy, six foot four, but he he's got good feet. This is what I was going to say. It's a second ago. I um. It's almost like an element of unpredictability about him. You never know what he's going to do next. I mean, he's got his back to the player one minute and he's turned, he's turned him and he's full on goal the next. You don't know what he's going to do. And the next minute he's down the channel, he's working it in, working it out, like you say, Andy, earlier. He um, held the play up till the midfield could run in the box and whatever else. He just seems very, what's the word, intelligent. And I, obviously, I, I, I don't know, obviously, uh, Andy, you, you'll know, um, playing with ex-professionals and just being yourself and whatever else. Um, with certain players with experience, 
is that true about you gain obviously you gain experience, but you've either got it or you haven't, right? Surely. Yeah, I think there's a definite natural you, you game your game is natural you know the, the fact that he is he's the most rounded striker we've got now he's a quick he's quick he True. runs in behind he comes to feet he's a he's four he can win it he can he can head a ball we've seen that he can score goals with head yeah he's, he's a big unit he, he's the most and yes 100 percent. i think decision making is something that definitely comes with experience because uh because when you get into certain situations you you draw on what you've done previously in those situations but as I said before, he's played nearly 100 games. So the amount of times he's got into position, and I'm talking about 100 senior games, he's been in those positions before hundreds of times for Walsall. You know, so he, he, we, we, we're not looking. And I think some players, uh, some fans may have looked at it and thought, oh, we're bringing in somebody who's young and and, he, and we might have to blood him a little bit. Really, we're signing somebody who's who's, who's ready to go and, and he's done it. And, and I, I totally, totally uh, agree with the, uh, the likeness to Tony. And although, you know, Tony's done it over a period of time. Now the, 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 uh, the platform is there now for Adebayo to, to go and do it over, uh, over his period of time and, uh, and do it at, on the platform that he's been given. It's exciting though, to have that change up front, isn't it? Because we've been a bit stagnant up front and it's, it's that excitement that this young player is going to bring to our team. I think everyone got used to the fact of how we're playing with Collins and the amount of times people have said Collins on the wing. And I know Adebayo was on that side the other day, but it was like the positivity to take on that defender and put that ball to Tunney, which I guess we don't see much from Collo. I thought he was quick. I think he's intelligent. I think he gets in the right places and he's proven that by scoring the goals he's scored. Um, And long may he stay with us and score loads more. Well, this is what you guys said about Elijah Adebayo. We asked on Twitter today, how good can he be? What is it you like most about him? Richard said, I've compared him to when we signed Andre Gray back in non-league. He's a little bit raw, but a shining light and adds something different. Great first touch, holds the ball up and hangs around in the box, uh, which is what we've been missing for a long time, which I guess you could say is true, isn't it? Because the amount of times you do see Colo go wide or deep to get the ball, it's nice to see someone just hang around that box area. Listen, I think James James Collins has looked to me his body language and think. Listen, you can't ever ever deny his work rate and his effort and his enthusiasm and then he's done brilliant. But I just think he's looked so isolated up there in recent weeks. He's looked so on his own, and 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 the team for whatever reason has been so all right. He's had he's had maybe an advanced midfielder running with him, but the opportunities that we seem to have uh, created for him have been have been quite minimal bar, barring maybe the header at the back post. I can't remember it at the last home game before the last two home games or whatever. Mm. Uh, he, he just looks devoid and he looks like, he looks like he's struggling a little bit. And I think, I think this will be good for him because it, it must, it, it's, whoever you are, you don't want to be sat on the bench and seeing a young kid come in or a youngster come in and take your place. That, that no question whatsoever. It would have hurt Danny Hilton, but it would have hurt James Collins to have seen the second half on on Saturday. It would have one hundred percent. So you either go one or two ways. You either sulk and 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 don't train properly, uh, and and for some reason some players think the manager is going to respond to that by saying, "Oh, do you know what? I'll put you back in the team," or you go the other way where you work your socks off in training, where you work even harder, and when you then get the opportunity to come on and and, and play, you take it. You have to take it, and you hope you'd hope that uh, you know James Collins will do that. Danny Hilton, the same, but it perhaps looks like, unfortunately, you know, his time probably is is up in terms of Adebayo being that that sort of go-to striker when when Collins is number one. But time will tell. 
and obviously we've got Sam Nombe as well, who's coming. Obviously, yeah. I thought he might, I'll be honest, when Ali Bai came in, I thought that um, he might be slightly behind uh, Nombe in the pecking order. But then I realised, I thought to myself, actually, he's not really getting any game time anyway. Mm. Danny Hilton's getting over him. And then straight away, Ali Bai comes in, which obviously means that, you know, Nombe obviously is the one for the future, I suppose, and one to work on rather than Ali Bai. I think we love Danny, but you're right. I think, you know, this is the, this is the time where maybe this it's done. And Batari, it's good to have competition though, isn't it, for Colo? Because he hasn't, realistically, he's been the main striker for the last two years. He's had no one pushing him. And now he has got Adebayo there. This is big for Colo now as well, isn't it? Well, this is what our fans are screaming about for the last two years. When, when are we going to sign a striker? When are we going to you know, do this, do that? And I think, you know, this season we've signed two strikers. You know, obviously, Ali Bayo being ours. Obviously, Nombay one to sign if we wanted him. Apparently, is that, if I'm correct? I think so. But, um... Oh, sorry, I said I think so. Yeah, yeah, we're about Nombe. Things went there, mate. Uh, but yeah, no, I mean, obviously, fans wanted it. Uh, and finally, we've got a striker, we've got a couple of strikers in, and now it looks like you know the movement from the sort of pecking order for, like you say, about Mr. Danny Hilton. It's a shame, obviously, we all love Danny, but I think you're right. I think everyone's got to accept now that, that this could be it now for him. Going but back, look, looking good for us up top. If we 100%. can like, push on in the summer, even, you know, Danny goes, you might want to sign like another sort of, I don't know, in and around striker slash winger or whatever. But it all depends on how Mr. Jones wants to play the, uh, his game and if he wants one striker up top to how many we want. But look, I'm happy with just, you know, getting points on the board and just trusting him if it works. And then, unfortunately, we have to get rid of Danny, then that's it. So be it. Going back to Elijah and some Twitter comments. And Anthony says a full preseason working with Mick Harford could turn him into a beast of a player come August. Uh, his touch for a big man is very good. And he's shown he's not just the big lump up front to hit long balls to. It's a very encouraging start. Uh, Nicholas says his all-round play he loves the most. He can hold up the ball, run with the ball, pass the ball, head the ball. He closes down players and generally stays in and around the box. Davey says he is a breath of fresh air and providing some much-needed choice up front. The standout for me is his control when receiving a long ball or cross-field pass. Great for holding play up and turning midfield passing into attack. Uh, to be honest, a lot of these comments are the same. Everyone just saying, you know, he's a big guy, but he can, he's got a good touch on that ball. He's positive. And I think everyone's just excited by him. And it's, it's been a while, I think, since we've, we've signed a player that you look at and you can get really excited about. We, 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 at the moment, we like signing someone that's maybe been around for a while, like a Martin Craney or something. But this is like a proper young, exciting player, isn't it? And that's what's quite exciting about him. Yeah, I think the, the model, the model of the recruitment is the most exciting thing. I think the journey that he's been on in his short, short career so far is, is, is ideal. And to, you know, to drop down into to league two, because let's be honest, you know, although he, he was, you know, I've been working in League Two for two for nearly two years with Mansfield, and yeah, you know, a dangerous striker, but it was never really one that you'd think perhaps anybody was yet going to take a chance on. But in fairness, you know, you know, the recruitment has been again has been has been really good, and 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 they've obviously done homework on him um, in terms of his character and things like that, and, and they seem to fit. Um, and 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 he's been, you know, I think it's so far he's been a, a good acquisition. It would be interesting. To know how much we paid for him, and, yeah. and how there's obviously going to be add-ons to it, 
um, that would be great to, to know that. Uh, not it doesn't matter in 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 the, in the grand scheme of things, but it would be nice just to know, you know, what 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 we did pay for him, and uh, because I, I know Walsall are, are hugely di- in in dire straits financially, but um, he's our player now, and we, you know, as you, as 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 people said on Twitter, to work with Mick is is huge for him, and and I think Mick will give him the controlled aggression that will take his game to another level. I think there's, there's aggression, there's controlled aggression, using it at the right times. You know, you heard the stories about Mick holding Martin Keane up by the throat half time. I don't think he'll be, he'll be doing that too much, but getting in terms of feeling for the centre half, in terms of using his arms, in terms of his leap and, and the aggressive attacking the ball in the box and things like that. Listen, there's probably nobody better to, to be able to give him that. It's it's an exciting signing, and I can't. I hope he starts again against Forest tonight. It's going to be, it's going to be a good game. I so would say, I would say the other thing about him is when you read what the Walsall fans have said about him, they were so gutted to lose him. So yeah. you you know you're getting a decent player. In the same way that when we lost Justin and things like that, you know you you know that that player is good enough to be at a higher level. Hundred percent. And uh, this guy, hopefully, has a good career with us. It's definitely an exciting time to have him in the team. And um, yeah, let's hope, he, let's, keep, let's hope he gets three and three against Forrest. That'd be pretty good. Uh, let's move on to some questions today from Twitter and Insta. Nice little variety today. Uh, Dave, let's start with this one for you then. Um, oh, be an easy one, please. Well, we're 12 <laughs> points above that relegation zone, I think now. So do you think we're safe? That's from Chris. Do we think we're safe? Um, I'm, I, don't, I don't ever think we're safe until it's mathematically impossible to go down. Okay, so we're in a better position. On Saturday, when we were losing, we were like, what, six points off it or seven points off it, off relegation, and now we're 12 points in front. So, you know, get another couple of wins, we'll be okay. However, never say never. (laughs) But are you more happy? Because obviously in the last couple of weeks on this podcast, it has been a bit up and down after that Birmingham result, and then we had that Stoke and Cardiff result. So it's, I don't know, we've been a bit up and down, haven't we? But I feel like... This has mainly yeah, settled it. But I think fans need to keep it together a little bit. I mean, people losing their shit over, like, you know, a cut of defeats here and there. I, I understand it sometimes, but, you know, I always say the same thing. You need to keep it together, man. And look, the thing is, right, we're on, what, 40, 41 points now we're on? Something like that. So, you know, in order to stay up, what are we looking at? 52, 54 points? I mean, what was it last year? It's roughly around about the same sort of mark. So I was always aiming, obviously, from, from my point of view, I was always looking at the points and going, as soon as we can hit that 50 mark, then we can start looking. Yeah. And I think, to be honest, we're, we're, we're right on course for it now, aren't we? Let's face it. I think we're on course. I, I, I think fine. we're on course, Pataro. But what I would say to you is, you know, like I, I've said this a couple of times already this season. Last season, Charlton were flying and they dropped like a stone. And we was on that position. We were dropping like a stone at one point. Um, mm-hmm. And then, you know, if we didn't win Saturday we would all be crapping ourselves right now. Oh, yeah, of course. I mean, Saturday, is, it's a massive, it's massive three point. It is. You look at one of them ones, like, um, you know, some people say a six point or whatever else, but it's not quite like that. But it's, it could turn out at the end of the season, like you say, we used to lose, say, like four or five in a row. So I'm not putting down on it, but just say, you know, it happened. The most important hard. thing, the most important thing is consolidation. Consolidate our position in this division and then push on next season. That's the most important thing. Yeah, just a steady amount of points at a time. Do you know what I mean? If you're averaging out a certain amount of points, I always look at averages and points and stuff like that. And obviously, you know, uh, I know it sounds a bit silly, but believe it or not, he said at the beginning of the season, match your results from last season. I don't know why. I always think that, but 
it's not a crap really isn't it? <laughs> long, 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 <laughs> that's just some rubbish you come out with isn't it <laughs> yeah but as long as you get the points it was not matter you see i can see andy shaking his head right now i have a question this isn't even on the list but andy i wanted to talk to you about this um because you mentioned earlier about Nathan Jones and trust. And I've said before on the podcast that, you know, a lot of things comes down to trust. And we're speaking about how Morel's not been playing and Ray's been playing when maybe, you know, Morel's should be playing. Why is it trust is so important to a manager in a game? I think it's one of those. It's familiar. Fami- I can't never say that word. Familiar. Famili- you know what I mean? Fam- <laughs> yeah. Familiar with an L-Y on the end um, and an I-T. Uh, it's just he knows what he's going to get from certain players, he, he, and 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 you know when sometimes you put he puts Joe Morell in the middle of midfield, and and he and he's unsure what he's going to get. He's unsure what Joe Morell is going to get, and and probably if he puts Glenn Ray in there, he knows probably nine times out of ten. All right, there have been exceptions, Stoke maybe. He knows what he's not going to be as strict. He's not going to his range of passing isn't going to be as good as Joe Morell. He isn't going to manipulate the ball as well as Joe Morell. But he's going to give him everything. He's going to he's going to smash into tackle. He's going to screen the back four or three as well as anybody. Or or or, you know, it, it's just having it's just having the familiarity that he's got with the players and 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 trust trust is a massive thing. He, he obviously doesn't trust Morel because everyone can see what is what he's got ability wise. Now he, he's mentioned I think in the first game or in a game earlier in the season he took him off at half time and put Ruddock on because. We, Defensively, we were getting stretched and overrun. He took him off at halftime on Saturday. There's he, he doesn't he doesn't think he's in a place defensively. He doesn't think he's good enough defensively to do what we need to do. And it's then the balance as to Millwall game. Are we dominating the ball well enough to be able to have Joe Morell in there to do the stuff that he hasn't got defensively? So you'd probably look at it and say Morell needs to play alongside a Glen Ray. Yeah, this That's is what. There they go. Yeah, could it, you, it, he could maybe push on and play maybe in a more advanced position. Maybe put Glenn back in, obviously screening like the back four, like you say. But for me, because I'd I'd like to see that. I'd like to see Morel maybe push like forward in the front uh, in the midfield three, maybe because you know what he's got. He can. He's well. He's pretty box to box. You look at him playing for Lincoln and whatever else. He was box to box. His range of passing is phenomenal. Let's face it, it really is. And well, for me, I, I'll be honest. When we first signed at the beginning of the season, I got really excited because I thought. This is a real player we've got on our hands, and it's quite well. It's negative. It's not. It's not nice hearing that you know you don't trust Joe Morrell and he's not good enough defensively. And you think oh, maybe put a bit more defensive option maybe behind him. Then I don't know. So how, do, how does it, I think it's a balance. I think it's the balance of ha- getting him in the team, and and you're almost you, you're not building the team around him. But how, how do you get him and Dewsbury Hall higher up the pitch? So how does that impact on, on the shape? How does that impact on, you know, I think Morel has probably played the majority of his games as a deeper midfielder. So can he do it further forward? I, I'm with you. I think, well, I, I personally would like to see him in two pivots in the holding midfield role, but that is quite a serious change away from how we play and what we do. And it obviously then takes a player away from a forward area. So you could say it's a big bit, a little bit negative, but then in games where we know we're not going to have as much possession as as other games, then maybe try it then and and uh, and allow Morel to be that player that's going to open the door when we need because when we do play Glenn Ray sometimes when we play Glenn Ray, we do then miss out on that that expansive passing that quality passing breaking lines from midfield. So as a two, would that not be a, an option? Listen, I'm sure he's thought about it and he's looked at it. There's obviously a reason why he hasn't gone with it. 
I get frustrated because, you know, if, if your manager doesn't tell us player, why did he sign him in the first bloody place? That's the first thing I would say. But secondly, what has the player got to do to earn his trust? You know, he's got to have a few good games and he's got to get a, a run yeah. in the team. If he doesn't get a run in the team, how does that manager then assess him? He assesses him on training. And you know what? Training is training, isn't it? Inverted commas. It's not a real game scenario. So if he doesn't yeah. get game time, how does that manager... Oh, how does that player, sorry, earn the trust of that of, of that manager? It's a massive catch-22 because if you're Joe Morrell and you get put in a team against Millwall and, and then you stay in a team against Sheffield Wednesday, you are think you are under pressure massively. You're thinking, I've got to can play well here to stay in the team because I know the gap is not really having me because we're, what we now, we're out in March, we're out in February, and I've hardly played. So you're thinking, I've got to do what? That would be huge for him confidence-wise coming off against a half time against Sheffield Wednesday. That would have killed he was he probably took two or three steps forward on the back of the Millwall performance because he came off after 62, 63 minutes, bang, 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 job done. You know, I, I, I've I've done a bit here to get back into the Gaffer's good books. He's then kept me in a team for Sheffield Wednesday. Brilliant. Now he's been dragged at half time. He's in the dressing room and we've gone on one three two. That that takes some coming back to I don't know what kind of character he is, but if he's if he's not a strong character, that it's going to be difficult for him now going to be really difficult for him there's been times he's not even been on the bench yeah, absolutely you know, and and i think for me is he going to be here next season who knows well it's one of them things like Batara, you've said it before we've we've all said it before we've had questions saying why do you think morale's not in the team and we've suggested it could be is it trust is it injury well yeah it's just but really come out it, isn't it publicly as well he said he don't trust him defensively he's mm-hmm. really come out and said and it's no well imagine like you say imagine hearing that like, it's all like you say, Andy, it comes down to strength of character and whatever else with it. And like you say, it's I hope I hope he does bounce back and I hope he is a strong character because I'll be honest, he's one I look at and I'm really excited to see more if he can get it together and get a Nathan Jones' good books. Definitely exciting player. Um I think that's pretty much all we've got time for today, actually. It's been a really good podcast. I've really enjoyed it. Andy, thanks so much for joining us. We'll have that's to get you on again because uh I, I feel you're answering the questions that we all ask every week about tactics and you know stuff like trust there we'll definitely get you on again and uh dissect another game well actually you should ask whether he'd like to come on again that's the question you if should you'd be like asking. to come on again andy uh, i'll have a think about it yeah if Batara <laughs> hasn't put you off <laughs> no no been brilliant thank you very much for having me no worries um as always you can catch us on youtube as well uh, go search owen the town get us on twitter and socials owen the town uh, big game against nottingham forest and then a, oh. a, a game against norwich of the weekend which is basically a free hit in it hey Batara, so. we're missing hooters away oh don't <laughs> no, mm-hmm. Trust you to think about that. I, was thinking about I have a picture. I'm going to share it on Twitter. I'm going to have a picture of you the last time we went when you was at Hooters. Oh, don't, don't yeah, do it. it. I'm going to, I'm going to share it. Andy, fo- follow us on Twitter. You'll it see it. No, no. Honestly, everyone, it's a good when, you, when, you see, when you see the picture, you'll know what we're talking about. We'll get producer Jacob okay. to give it a retweet on our socials over in the town. Uh, thanks so much for listening. Thank you so much for watching. Get us on iTunes, rate us five stars, all that good stuff. And we shall see you next week.